the Los Angeles Underground. It's time for your new favorite podcast, The Superiority Complex. It's like honey in your ear holes. Welcome back to The Superiority Complex, everybody. We had a false start, false start, but we're back. Is everybody okay? Yo. We had to take time off to uh, charge my phone. It's been a crazy... We started recording about an hour ago. <laughs> and we're just I mean, getting started. Hmm. Let's be honest, it's pretty typical for us though. Ah, it is, it is. I should just tell you guys, I gotta do what we do with my mom. Like we tell her the party's at three when the party's really at five and then she's there on time. You know? <laughs> we gotta do that with you guys now, but it's okay. Welcome back to the show, everybody. I'm excited. I'm super pumped, man. It was a good week. Uh Hell yeah. Good week in movies. Good week in you know we're we're back on the we're back on lockdown here in California. Well, at least parts of it are. Uh, we just found that out today. Some stuff's getting locked down. We're getting rolled back to phase one. But that's what happens when you try to reopen too early. I mean, people didn't want to. Uh, people didn't want to believe it. People didn't want to believe it. And everybody's blaming the uh, Black Lives Matter protest. So that's fun. We're in a fun spot. But uh, yep, it actually ends up it's being it's more people being indoors and jammed together like at your bars, like at your bars. <laughs> Like all those parties people keep Yeah. My Facebook and Instagram feed are full of people that have just decided that they're done with the with the virus and we're just gonna move on with life. And so I'm sure that helped the spread. But hey, we're here podcasting and we're doing the social release, socially responsible thing by quarantining ourselves. Would we like to be all in a room together so we could look at Jake's beautiful face? Of course we would. But we're not doing that. Are we guys? Nope. Crickets. Yeah. I, I haven't seen another person's face uh, that I like in a very long time besides Justine. Wow. Nice save. I see, I see you in there. Oh, yeah. That's hey, hey, I mean, hey, but can you imagine, can you imagine being sure. quarantined with the lovely Justine? Come on. People would, people would sign up for that. Are you kidding me? Uh, yeah. For give the, the left arm. arm. Can you give me more ranch dressing? <laughs> Can you give me more ranch dressing? I need more. My goldfish need ranch dressing. It'd be great. <laughs> Do you have ranch for my goldfish? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I got a couple of tacos. You got some ranch dressing? <laughs> that is the biggest controversy ever in this in the history of this show. That's right. It really says something. Ranch. Well, that and Justine giving Casablanca a six. Yeah, that too. Mm. This show really went downhill. You know, when I first started, the show was me doing thoughtful interviews with people, and then we bring Justine in, and it's oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, John, you were one of those people. Interviews. You were one Thank of those John, thoughtful you're interviews. Bullshit. Great. What are you, Charlie Rose? For Christ's sake! Yeah, I was oh. doing thoughtful interviews. We're not. doing sit down. Let's hope not. Oh, oh, oh! Who do we lose? Jake, Jake. son of a bitch. We were Why does that keep so no, 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 no. We're just gonna we're Why gonna keep, keep we're gonna keep right going. We're not even gonna right, stop. Yeah, I invited him back in. He's fine. He's fine. We're gonna <laughs> pretend like nothing's happened. Pay no attention okay. to man behind the curtain. Pay no attention to man behind the curtain. <laughs> the great and powerful Oz has spoken. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a very good man. I'm just a very bad wizard. <laughs> <laughs> three minutes in, we made it. We made it. Three. So, like, there he is. There he is. So, yeah. my frustration is, we're closing down the restaurants, we're closing down the indoor bars, stuff like that, which is perfect. 
but retail establishments are still open. We need our googly eyes. I know you're trying to get out of working, you lazy bastard, but we need you know, googly it's not eyes. Even that, like, I just don't like being at risk. Like, I don't like having that stress of putting my family at risk. How many people are wearing a mask at uh, when they come in? Uh, majority of customers, but everybody's doing the same stupid thing, which is keeping their nose out of their mask. Oh, yeah. oh, oh. What's up with it's that? Just, it's they might as well not wear one. Exactly. <laughs> it's like... Um, they don't know how this, to wear it. There was this funny... I can't say it on the show, but I'll send it to you guys later. There's this funny meme of, about exactly that, and it's just ridiculous. Oh, is it the guy with his... Well, just not even wear why it. wouldn't you... Yeah. Will they show the guy doing it with underwear? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just like, it's... <laughs> It's pointless if you're going to do that. And so we've had a couple of customers come in where they don't want to wear a mask and we ask them politely to leave. And so far, no major issues, um, you know, besides the normal calling of shitty people and the virus isn't real and fuck you. But I mean, besides that normal thing, like, you know, it's nuts, dude. But Mario made a good point. Like you posted the other day. It's just like we're getting literally the worst of the worst of people right now because all the people who are normally considerate and caring are the same people who are self-quarantining and not going out into the public. Right. And being right. decent human being. Yeah. So what we're getting is the shitty people. Well, yeah, it's different mm-hmm. with, with John. Like John works in a, in, in truly an essential industry. You know, he's, yeah. he's working in the grocery. So people are going to go in there. They need to go. You know, Patrick, you're working in something where people don't need that. They don't need that stuff. They're just bored and they want to do crafts. So you're not getting the people that are taking it seriously. If they feel like there's a pandemic no. and they can just go browse for, you know, for for glitter, uh, you know, yes. it, it, that's a to- whole different ball game. So, <clears throat> yeah, you're not getting people in there that are, are going to be uh, no. do conscientious of, of of what they're of what they're doing. And and I and even I know that if our if we do get the order that only essential businesses remain open, my company's going to fight for it with the fact that we sell mask making products. Mm. And so they'll want to yeah. stay open that way. And like, it's already like we can already tell that that's what they want. So hmm. it's just frustrating. Cause I don't feel like an essential worker, but apparently mm-hmm. I am. You are an essential. It's just major corporations trying to keep their profit margins up. You are an essential worker to me. And my heart. Thank you. How's that? That's so sweet. Yeah. And to the audience, I mean, I mean, take care of yourself. Take care of yourself because I mean, uh, you know, you guys are. Uh, please be careful. And uh, I mean, trust me. If I'm going to get rid of any of you guys, I want to fire you on the air. I don't want you just to die off. So yeah, you want it. You want the pleasure of doing it yourself. Yes. You don't want us to just I, die. I, I want the pleasure of finally telling Jake to his what he th- what I think. And then just, just be like, sing your way out of here, bitch. Banishing him off the show. Yeah, yeah. Mario. Banishing him off the show. <laughs> Mario, I thought you were uh, I thought you were gonna break into a song and go, You are so essential to me. <laughs> Can't you see? <laughs> Who was that, John? Is that Joe like Cocker? That. Joe Cocker, the great Joe Cocker. How do you how do you feel about Singing Joe Cocker? Song. Oh, he was the greatest. Greatest voice. Amazing. Bring tears to your eyes. I can't tell if you're being serious or not. No, no. He's, I, I think he's the, one of the all-time great vocalists. It just puts a chill up my spine, whether he's you know yelling and screaming or doing a little ballad like that. It's mm-hmm. a beautiful song. Uh, I always remember... So, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. 
No, I was just going to say, I've seen him live and he, he had the chops. He had it. He really was a hell of a vocalist. You know, it's not all just the, you know, people just think he was like a cartoon character with the spasms and all the herky jerky movements, but he had a hell of a voice and uh, kind of like a Ray Charles voice, just really soulful, you know? John, I was just going to say, how do I remember Joe Cocker? From John Belushi doing him. That's right. Next, right next to him. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. And that's what put John Belushi on the map. He, he did a Broadway show. I should say off-Broadway show with all those National Lampoon guys called uh, Lemmings. It was a takeoff on Woodstock. And he came up and he did Joe Cocker and he did it letter perfect. Oh. So years later when he's doing it on Saturday Night Live and they had Joe Cocker as the musical guest, somebody had the bright idea. Why don't you just go out there and do it right next to him? Uh. <laughs> Joe Cocker, to his credit, thought it was pretty cool. You know, he could have been like, hey, don't make fun of me. <laughs> you know, But he thought it was pretty cool. So. Uh, if you can pull that clip on YouTube, you'll see him right next to Joe Cocker. I just remember him doing, I just remember him ended up, he ended up doing this weird thing where he laid down, but like, (laughs) he like arched his, arched his back. So he ends up kind of like a, like a, like a, like a teeter totter. He just ends up on the ground doing that. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Belushi was great. Wow. We miss him. We missed John. Yeah. We lost Carl Reiner. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We just One talked of the about him last week. We just yeah. talked about him and, and Patrick's hatred of Steve Martin movies. Probably what, what every <laughs> every obituary mentioned that he had directed Steve Martin in four movies. And mm. and uh, <laughs> and Steve Martin mm. sent out a tweet saying that, that Carl Reiner was his greatest comedy mentor. Yeah. Um, but I mean, everyone says if he'd only done one thing, if all he'd ever done was the Dick Van Dyke show, uh, he'd be remembered for that, for creating it, producing it. And how I think he, I think he wrote the whole first season. So, uh, if that's all he did, you'd remember him for that. Yeah. But he did. That's not all he did. But, was it John? No, uh, the, the 2000 year old man with Mel Brooks, that yes. was amazing. And your show of shows and just a really funny guy. And, uh, you know, Mel Brooks lived next door to him. I think it, once a week they got dinner together and watched a movie. And it's it's been kind of sad. They said the last couple of months they've had to do it uh, like by by video. <laughs> they couldn't be in the same house anymore. Oh, that's, uh, a bummer. that's how close they were. They were like best best friends, you know. Oh, I love He's a good it. actor too. Yeah. Uh, right up to Ocean's Eleven. You know, he was in those Ocean's Eleven movies with George oh, Clooney. Yeah, he was Saul. Yeah, he's Saul, yeah. Yeah, great guy, you know. But uh, and all those old, you can find him on YouTube. All those old Your Show of Shows, where he's the straight man to uh, Sid Caesar. Uh, just an amazing guy. Love it. Great writer, director. Uh, you know, and uh, just they seem like a good guy. And uh, you know, he, you know, Rob Reiner, his son, just loved them, loved them. So, yeah. so they had a great yeah. relationship. So that's always nice when you see. You hear stories of people in Hollywood who are who are good fathers or good parents. That's always that's always yeah. nice. That's always good to hear. So, yeah, from all accounts, he was just a really genu- genuinely nice guy. You know, love it. So ninety eight though, God bless him. Ninety eight years old. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's tough. So it's the opti grab. We need that opti grab. You know, you know how they started that uh, two thousand year old man, right? How? 
he was uh they were killing time uh, they were they're writing for your show of shows he was a writer with mel brooks as well as well as like neil simon and uh, larry gelbart they were all writers on your show of shows and they hit a patch where everyone was kind of like blocked they couldn't come up with anything so carl reiner is sitting next to mel brooks and he says uh we have right here a man who was at the crucifixion of christ and he goes, isn't that right sir and without missing a beat, Bill Brooks goes, oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> and then Mel Brooks goes, yeah, I remember him. He was a nice guy. Thin, wore sandals, always hung around with 12 other guys. <laughs> they went into the store, you know, always came in the store, never bought anything, just asked for water. But a nice behaved guy, you know. <laughs> That's adorable. <laughs> and uh, they said, well, we're on. They used to do it at parties. They would just like sort of like uh, they would riff off each other and just ad lib. And finally, after doing it at parties and getting people laughing so much, they said, we got to put this on a record and see what it does. You know, the 2000 year old man. Yeah. And uh, the, the great story with that is so they did a couple records and um, they were doing it on the Ed Sullivan show. They, they were getting a lot of attention. People thought it was really funny. But Carl Reiner had this idea. Him and Bill Brooks thought that maybe it was sort of like, uh, maybe it was something that not everybody would get into, you know, because he's kind of doing like a like a Yiddish accent when he's doing the old man. And mm-hmm. they said, maybe there's a limit to how many people are going to enjoy this. And uh, Cary Grant loved it so much, he took a copy and gave it to the Queen of England. <laughs> yeah. And um, by all accounts, she laughed her head off. So when Cary Grant came back, he told Mel Brooks and Carl Reiner, oh, the Queen loves your record. And he's all, huh? He's all, yeah, the queen, the queen of England. Yeah, she just thinks it's the funniest thing. He's all, well, I guess everybody loves this thing. <laughs> you don't have to be Jewish to love it. You know? <laughs> That's fantastic. I didn't know that. Yeah. I love that Cary yeah. Grant loved it. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, obviously that guy had a great sense of humor. Sure. <laughs> obviously, he's letting uh, Tony Curtis steal his shtick. <laughs> <laughs> the Shell Oil Company. Uh, yeah, yeah, man, it was, uh, Shell oil. uh, well, I'm going to, I'm going to, I did watch some, I was watching some 2000 year old man clips from the Ed Sullivan show. Uh, no, it wasn't, it was a Phil Silver show. I was watching one. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, good stuff. And you get to see, it's like prime Mel Brooks too. You know, it's, it's really oh, good. Oh yeah. It's really great Mel Brooks. And you, you know, you forget that Mel Brooks is a great performer. Uh, when yeah. you, you, you yeah. see him in the little bits here and there and. Blazing Saddles, but you forget he he has some comedy chops. He can do he can perform. So absolutely, uh, I loved him in High Anxiety. <laughs> yeah, high, anxi- right. high Anxiety That's is right. great. Uh, those mid seventies, those mid seventies, you know, they're 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 dropped down from like Young Frankenstein and Blazing Saddles, but History of the World and, and Young Frankenstein, or I'm sorry, and High Anxiety are fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, they're fun. So uh, yeah. yeah, so goodbye to Carl Reiner and. Uh, yeah, you know, well, you know, and you, you, your, your mind inevitably, inevitably turns to Mel Brooks, and your God, we, he must be protected at all costs, you know. So, oh but, Christ, but yeah, but yeah, uh, uh, but uh, our love to uh, Carl Ryan, even though uh, Patrick hates him for directing I, Steve I Martin. I hate him. I, I just dislike Steve Martin. <sighs> the real challenge will be when Steve Martin passes away, mm-hmm. <laughs> saying something nice about the late Steve Martin. <laughs> no, it's easy enough. I enjoy planes, trains, and automobiles. There you go. There you have it. Yeah. There's one film of his that I enjoyed. What's that? And Mario, planes, Mario says, and, and Mario says, wait till you get your eyeballs on Dirty Rotten Scam. Oh, you're going to love it. All right. Guys, 
Let's talk about it. Justine, you're awfully quiet. Are you okay today? Yep. Are you good? How's the quarantine treating you? The quarantine, it's all right. Yeah? You're loving it? You're loving every second of it? (laughs) So much fun. Uh, well, we got to, I got to spend, uh, I got to spend some time with Jake on, uh, on our, on Animal Crossing. He came over to, uh, uh-huh. to Sea Breeze Island from Darktoe Island. Uh, what a, let, let me just tell you something. The villagers, Jake, are still talking about Crisp Mama. I just want you to know that. They're still talking about Handsome Dan Handsome. That's my, that's my title, Crisp that's Mama. Crisp Mama. They, they're still, they're wondering how you got that title. And they just think you're a swell guy. And uh, boy, you guys have done some work on that island, you and Sandy. That island is in great shape. Our island is a little bit more wild, but um, it's coming along. Uh, thank you for your cherries and your peaches, and uh, for the kung fu. Can have my peaches. Anytime. Go into the country. You're gonna eat a lot of peaches. <laughs> Go into the country. Gonna eat me a lot of peaches. Freaking President of the United States of America. There were ninjas in that video. Yeah. I remember that video. <laughs> John, where do you where do you where do you land on President of the United States of America? Where do you land on that? Oh, you know, they're fun. They're like Weezer. How can you hate them? You know, they're fun. Exactly. You're like you're just like Buddy Holly, John. That's that's what I've always said. Uh, speaking of which, speaking of well, presidency, you look like Mary Tyler Moore. Speaking of people who weren't presidents of the United States of America, along with Buddy Holly and Weezer. Uh, Alexander Hamilton, uh, the musical will be here on July 3rd, dropping on Disney plus. And we talked about that, mm. but I'm getting ready for the wave of hate. Are you guys getting ready for that? All the backlash. Is what this, is this what everyone's been making a big deal about? I mean, I'm going to watch it because it's, you so think that's going to happen? Huh? Oh, for sure. For sure. I'm not a Lin-Manuel Miranda fan. Why are you not a Lin-Manuel Miranda fan? Let's talk about it. Go. We have we have talked about it when we talked about the second uh, Mary Poppins movie. It's just Disney's attempt to uh, self gratificate with uh, Lin Manuel. But that's not his fault. They they they. No, it's not. It's they, just like he's. It's it's like when an actor is really hot and he continues to get picked for everything. Like there's no variety, there's no diversity. So like he keeps popping up in things for me, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, okay, cool. Like it'd be one thing if they got him. Because, like, he's perfect for the role. But, like, when you looked at Mary Poppins, it was not, hey, he's playing this character. It's, oh, hey, it's Lin-Manuel Moran. So you're saying that a Puerto Rican guy can't be an English chimney sweep? No, it has nothing to do with that. It has the fact that they cast him because of who he is, not his acting ability. Ah. That's well, he wrote the, the score. And, and, he, yeah, he wrote and the score. Again, yeah, I totally get that. And I, I think he's fantastic. Don't get me wrong. He's an incredible singer. And he does amazing, but I want, I, I think that there, he's being used for too much. Who would you have seen in the role of the, was he Bert? Was he actually Bert? No, Bert was, yeah. no, he's not Bert. Bert came back, back right? <laughs> it was, didn't Dick Van Dyke come back for like two minutes and do a little dance? He played, he played one of the bankers. Oh. Hmm. Dick Van Dyke played one of the bankers. I don't remember what he was, but. Um, I'm excited to watch it actually because of all the hype, and I, I do want to I had watch no, it and see how it is. I had so. no interest in watching Mary Poppins, Mary Poppins Returns. I have very little interest. <laughs> in, I have very little interest in the original Mary Poppins. How's that? I'll, I'll go. I'll go one further. Wow! 
No, I don't. I don't. I don't think that's bad. I think that's terrible. Yeah, it's not. Uh, it's some people like it. It, it works Chim for some people. Chimney. Chim chimney. <laughs> Chim chimney. Chim chimney. I mean, it's sweeper shakes, as Allie. lucky as lucky can be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh-huh. I think I was out of high school before I saw Mary Poppins the first time. And I it was another one of those movies. Well, maybe as a kid I would have dug it, but this is not doing it for me. Yeah. There's, I had I never had any interest in it. A- any interest whatsoever. Yeah. Boring. <laughs> Except for Edwin. Except for Edwin floating on the ceiling. <laughs> Boring. Uh, Edwin as Dr. Bombay or as Uncle What's His Name on Bewitched? Same character. Uncle What's His I love it. Uncle What's His Name. Same character. Mm. Mm. Am I right? (laughs) You Edwin. Tell me I'm not right. Edwin as the Mad Hatter. I prefer Edwin to Johnny Depp as the Mad Hatter. uh, I prefer anything to any Tim Burton remake of a classic film. <laughs> you know, I realized as I've gotten older that I only like really two. There's maybe two or three Tim Burton movies that I really like, uh, mm. and, and that's it. But the ones which that I like, the uh, which are Edward Scissorhands. I'm gonna give Ed, one, yeah. I'm gonna give Edward Scissorhands. I'm gonna go uh, Beetlejuice. Great uh, one. I'll go original Batman. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I'll go. And Ed Wood is fantastic. If he never did another movie, yeah. that would have been that would have yeah. been the one. Um, that might be his best movie. Yeah, yeah, I think that is because that's a movie. Movie. It's not a cartoon. And also, how did you and feel about Big Fish? It was okay. It it was okay. You know, I saw it. I enjoyed it, but I I've never had the hankering to revisit it. Mm. How does how's that does that grab you? How's that grab you? And of course, uh, Kiwi's Big Adventure. Yeah. Oh, what about you're a, right, John. Uh, I'm sorry. I forgot Pee Wee's Big Adventure. All the edgy teenagers ruined uh, Nightmare Before Christmas for you. Yeah, yeah. All the all the dudes that mm-hmm. um, they're too tough to be. Uh, it, they're too tough. They're too cool for Disney, but they wear a Jack Skellington sweatshirt and some gloves <laughs> and okay. a skull cap. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. I can understand. Uh, mm-hmm. And he he only produced that. People forget that he only produced that. That's mm-hmm. Henry Selleck. Henry yeah. Selleck, yeah. Poor guy. Doesn't get any credit. Beloved. But Danny Elfman. Doesn't get enough. Yeah. Yeah. Danny Elfman's fine. I mean, I know he's done a lot. He's collaborated with. Uh, with uh, yeah, he's good. Don't worry. He'll be fine. I mean, if you like a lot of uh, bass notes in your uh, in your musical scores, Whoa. Danny Elfman's your guy. That's it. Yeah, Danny Elfman's got the same thing that the guy who did the the uh, the scores for the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. I can't think of all those, but that all goes yeah. like around the mid '90s, starting with the movie The Rock. All yeah. movie scores start to sound exactly the same. Yeah. And then it's just variations on that theme. It's just faster or slower. You know, so. Uh, you, are, you are not wrong. 
I got green smoke. I got green smoke. You know it's a great movie. Lou like Howard Howard Shore. Losers always whine about that. Oh, is there rum on this island? Yeah, that's it. That's it, dude. Mm-hmm. All the yeah. same score over and over and over. Wish my life mm. had that score. Oh, it, it does, Jake. It does. I think the cat needs more food. Yes, yes. That should be the alarm clock. Oh. Uh, I have to switch my alarm clock. Yes, yes. There you go. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, so Danny Elfman, good. I mean, you know, but he doesn't read music, so I think there, that lends to a certain uh, <laughs> repetition. Danny Bougie of them to be like, oh, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't need to read. You, know, you can always tell it's a Danny Elfman I'll score. What, what, John? That's true. That's true. Even Dick Tracy. That's Danny Elfman. Mm-hmm. I just rewatched Dick Tracy. Uh, I still, You're gonna let us? Are we gonna watch that for the? Uh, we can. The it's on Disney Plus. Yeah. We can throw it in there. Uh, do you mm-hmm. want to watch it? How do you feel about it? Yeah, yeah. It just. Re- it. Yeah. I totally forgot that that movie reminds me of how much Stephen Sondheim bores me. Bores me. <laughs> Oh my God, Stephen Sondheim! Uh, yeah. Never has there been. He so play, did, he's Dick Tracy, right? No, that's, that's Warren, Warren Beatty. No, oh, but Warren Beatty. Sorry. Stephen Sondheim uh, wrote it, the uh, Madonna song. He wrote everything, but his uh, famous song, his most famous song, is "Send in the Clowns," which uh, insert hmm. sound of me loading uh, a, a single bullet into a, a revolver and spinning it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's so all. you can imagine um, that's the problem I had with uh, Sweeney Todd. As I, I love the movie, but I really hate the soundtrack. And what do you do? It's a musical. I wanted to watch it with the sound down. You know who did all the who did that music? Was that Sondheim? That was all Sondheim. Uh. You know, I got a real problem with with his music. It, it just it's. I feel the same way, Mario. It just puts me to sleep. There's no melody. It's just. Uh, you know, I just don't dig it, and uh, but I love the cinematography, and so the whole time I'm watching it in the theater, I'm thinking I can't wait to watch this at home with the sound down. <laughs> yeah, I am not a Sondheim oh. fan, man. I am zero. Yeah. I am and not. Mm-mm. Boring. You know, people worship him. If if you're into musical theater, you, they worship him like he's a god. You know. <laughs> yeah. Boring. I uh, am the god of hellfire. Yeah. And I bring you fire. All right, guys. We've talked enough about Broadway musicals. And no. uh, <laughs> this is not our four. Obviously, there are people out there, there are theater people right now who are gnashing their teeth at our at our opinions. I know. They probably call us. If you're in the like, musical theater and you're putting down Sondheim, it's like you're into uh, plays, but you're putting down Shakespeare. You know, it's like. Hey, overrated. Um. <laughs> Overrated, man. I'm kidding. Uh, kidding, of course. Uh, we 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 love. 
We love and respect the bard. I'm picturing you, I, I'm picturing you twiddling your tie going, kidding, of course, of course. <laughs> you see, it's like a, a joke, you know? Bill Shakespeare is one of the sacred cows in this in, in the world of podcasting, and I could be blacklisted for, uh, for saying Billy that. the Shake. Billy Shakes. Uh, all right, guys. Let's talk about it. It's time to talk about the Digital Movie Club. Are you guys ready? Yeah. Yantan. 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 It's not my time. You have to continue. Where's Jake? I don't know. Where's Jake? Where am I? (laughs) This is where you go, huh? What? That's great. You know, it's a good movie. Good movie. Two 1980s. (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) Oh, he's in so much trouble. No, Mario does it because we do it on the show. When we do it over, um, over this, it's out of sync. We had two 1980s comedy classics this week. He went low. We have two. We have two comedy classics. Two comedy classics this week. Uh, one, a star-making turn for one Edward Murphy. Uh, this really was the movie where he, he just broke out, and uh, he had already, yeah. you know, this is him with a with a solo starring role. He had already kind of done things in um, in Trading Places, but uh, this is yeah. this is his first starring role, solo, solo. Star of the show, star of the show, and then we have a another. Uh, this is a huge hit back in the early eighties uh, with, uh, with Dustin Hoffman. Have we had a Dustin Hoffman movie yet? This is our first, was it not? Mm. I don't think so. Did, did we do the Graduate? We did not. Yeah, we haven't yeah. seen him yet. Yeah, no, this is our first, first Dustin. Yeah, Hoffman. yeah this is definitely our first. First D Hoff, man. Wow. Well, where would you like to start? Would you like to go chronologically, or would you like to go? Reverse chronologically because there's only two ways. To go. <laughs> Would you like to go forwards in time or backwards? Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes, Doc, I would. Doc, what do you mean, Doc? <laughs> well, let's start at the beginning, Marty. Let's start. Marty, let's start. Save your kids, Marty. Marty. Are we just doing a different show while I'm while I'm? Are we doing two shows simul- simultaneously? Is that what's happening here? If, if that's okay with you, yeah, it's not. So let's uh, let's wrap it up. Let's tighten it up. <laughs> it's not all right. Yep, pieces of shit. That's uh, great. It's great. We're having fun. We have fun on the well, show. I, well, I tried. Mm-hmm. Uh, let, let you know. Let's start with let's start with Tootsie, just because it's fun to say, and uh, it's, it's Tootsie. Toot toot toot. Not Tootsie. Not Tootsie. What do you? What are you? My tootsie. grandma. <laughs> oh, good God! It's like a tootsie now. roll. You, yeah, tootsie it's roll. Like tootsie roll. Let me see tootsie. that tootsie, yeah, roll. tootsie roll. That tootsie roll. Let me see that tootsie. No, all right. Um, tootsie roll. Yeah. And do you know why it was named Tootsie? Why was it no, named tootsie. tootsie? It was Dustin Hoffman's mom's dog. Ah! Wow. Otherwise, the title for the film originally was "Would I Lie to You." Huh. Tootsie's a better well, title. It's more catchy. John Definitely will you, catchy. John, will you please do a rendition of uh Al Jolson's Tootsie Goodbye? I'd rather not because <laughs> it will be misunderstood by everybody on the planet. And then do that weird whistle he does and there you go. Woo-hoo. <laughs> oh, 
Oh, boy. Boy, that is terrifying. Yeah. Um, Somebody at Turner is going, how deep can we bury every Al Jolson movie? <laughs> You know, 20 feet, 50 feet, 100 feet. <laughs> Keep going. Keep going till you hit. There's no, there's, no, there's no amount of commentary that can precede it. <laughs> they've, got, they've got James Mason and Pat Boone leading the expedition to see how far they can bury those films. <laughs> how was that, John? What do you think of that? Did you ever think you ever think you'd see those two in a movie together? Pat Boone and James Mason. Right? <laughs> Tootie Fruity. All Rudy. Uh, Fruity. Please sing. You please sing Love Letters in the Sand for me. Face, face the master. Would you mind singing your version of the rocking Tutti Fruity for me, Patrick? We didn't watch that movie, but that's a great James Mason movie. That is a great t- journey. It's, oh, I think I think it's on Disney he's Plus. Always great. I think it's on Disney Plus. Journey to the Center right? of the Earth. Yep. Really? Yeah, because they have the Fox Library. That's odd. They have the Fox Library. I was going to say, oh, wow, so they got all the old Fox stuff, huh? That's right, John. Wow. That's right. Holy cow. But so they, when are they going to run Dante's Inferno well, and Spencer Tracy? They're very limited on what they run. They, they only do like the family. <laughs> they only do the family-friendly stuff. I wish they would release more. Um, uh, you know, that was the worst... That was the worst place for the Fox stuff to end up because they just want content, but they're, they're, they they uh, curate it so it's all in the family vein. You know what I mean? So some of that stuff is just going to slip through the crack. Yeah. You know? but, uh, yeah. but, but, John, the good thing is, you know what we have available to us right now are two eight, yes. 1980s classics, Tootsie and uh, <laughs> Beverly Hills Cop. So, Good way to put it back on the rails. Thank you. Uh, nice, nice. My man Patrick, why don't you click those clicky keyboard? Keyboard. This 1982, one hour and 59 minutes, received a 7.4 on IMDb, 90% on Rotten Tomatoes, with a budget of 21 million estimated. It received a gross of uh, 177 million dollars. Holy cow! Wow. Wow! Yeah. Now Whoa. think about that, guys. What? Aside from like, I think of, I think of, of in in the era that we're in, right? We haven't <laughs> seen a lot of things top a hundred million. We've seen like Star Wars do it, Empire Strikes Back, yeah. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Those type of movies have hit those numbers, but we've really never seen one of the comedies or anything like that hit close to those numbers. So that's just I want Dude, you to think a, about that. And this was a lot of money. And uh, yeah, it's a really and then when you when you get into this movie, I forgot it's directed by Sidney Pollack, who wasn't known for comedies. John, he did a lot of uh, kind of what we would call message movies, right? Kind of things that had kind of some social substance um, and straight out dramas like Out of Africa, stuff like that. Yeah, uh, was not known as a comedy uh, director really, uh, but it shows you that he could handle it. He had he had the chops to do it. Um, yeah, for sure. And what a great cast! Yeah. What this this also received an Academy Award for Best Ast- Actress in a Supporting Role, as well as Academy Award for Best Picture uh, nominations. All right, he was it, nominated for Best Picture. It did not win. Jessica but, Lang is the only one that won, right? Yeah. All right, guys. Yeah. Well, that was Tootsie. Let's uh, let's rank it. <laughs> Crazy. 
Crazy uh, man, crazy. John, let's talk. John, let's start with you. Uh, you know, you are you are kind of our window into until the mid eighties. You're kind of our window into some of this stuff because uh, you you know I wasn't I didn't see this when it was re- released theatrically. This isn't something that my parents would have taken me to see. Uh, it's probably not something I would have wanted to see when I was eleven years old or ten years old. Uh, so, John, did you see this in the theater? You were fresh out of high school. I did. And did you <laughs> did you love it? Yeah, I did. I know. Whenever you give me that kind of intro, I always feel like saying, we used to take the streetcar, which you could ride for a nickel. We take it down to the old Wardman and spend a dime. And then you'd see two movies and a newsreel. <laughs> and we had to walk uphill in the snow both ways. That's and, right. Yeah, That's and it, right. And it was Ronald we Reagan. a newsreel. And, and then, you got an Eddie Cantor short before the movie. And it was Ronald Reagan in the newsreel calling people welfare queens. Um, That's right. So what? Right. <laughs> yeah, we laughed our ass off. Yeah, we, you know, I, I always liked Dustin Hoffman. I probably went because it was Dustin Hoffman, but we laughed our ass off. This is one of the all-time perfect comedies. Really and, funny. Um, and, you know, you, one thing you got to remember, you can't go far wrong if the screenplay is by Larry Gelbart. You're not going to go far wrong. That's right. I was just going to mention that. Yeah, the guy that created MASH and uh, wrote for everyone from Bob Hope to Marty Feldman. This guy knows how to put comedy dialogue together. So if you've got a good cast, I don't know how you could miss. So, yeah, we laughed our ass off. This was a good comedy. And it's also just a good movie. There's some great stuff going on in this movie that's not necessarily comedic. And it hits all the right notes. All that stuff where he's trying to connect with Jessica Lange and how does he do it when he's in a wig and a dress the whole day, you know, it's just uh, great stuff. I just think it's a wonderful movie. And a lot of good, good, uh, everybody in it is good. A lot of great character actors. You get the great Charles Durning, uh, Dabney Coleman's great. Um, you know, everybody, Bill Murray, people forget that Bill Murray's in this doing a very, very funny. He just, in the scenes he's in, he just about steals the movie. And he was red hot at the time, and he told them, I'll do it. I think it was Dustin Hoffman's idea. He says, I need, like, a roommate, somebody I can do the uh, – I need to bounce off the exposition. When these plot points, I need to be able to bounce it off of somebody. I need somebody with comedy chops. And I think it was Hoffman that said, let's get Bill Murray. And Bill Murray said, I'll do it, but I don't want you to put me in the in the opening credits. I don't want the – you know, because I just want to be, like, kind of a, uh, a secondary character. I don't want to – be on the marquee, you know. Yeah. He said that he so, didn't want uh, to play Bill Murray. Yeah, and he didn't. Yeah. He's funny, but That's he's not really, he he's not playing the, the typical Bill Murray character. But um, I'll tell you, the line I remember the most is when, at the end, when he's looking at the TV and he goes, that is one nutty hospital. <laughs> <laughs> well, I... And the other line is when he walks in and finds... What's his name? Chasing yeah, yeah. Hoffman around the uh, apartment, and he goes, "You slut!" <laughs> <laughs> Very he's Bill Murray. The perfect. He's the perfect uh, foil for Dustin Hoffman, and it is low key. He's not playing the guy from Stripes or Ghostbusters. Very funny. It shows you what he can do when he can bring it down a little. Exactly. Little. You kind of uh, see the yeah. future Bill Murray happening right there. Uh, you know, you get Gina Davis in there for a little bit. You get. Yeah. Uh, the and com- Dabney Coleman is always great playing the asshole boss. Yeah. You know, nobody plays an asshole like Dabney Coleman, you know. Uh, but um, the best thing about this movie, you'd have to say, is it shows you everything that Dustin Hoffman can do. He's got to pull out every color in the palette, and he pulls it off. He's about the only guy who could pull this off. They 
They talked about how originally it might have been Michael Caine or Peter Sellers. I don't think there's a guy that could have pulled this off except Dustin Hoffman uh, because he just tackles it. Uh, because everyone says in real life he's a pain in the ass actor. He wants everything just right. Uh, he's kind of playing himself. Sidney Pollack said, you know, you're kind of playing yourself in this movie, so just go with it. You know? just, he's exacting, and uh, he's a perfectionist. And so I think he's the only guy that could have pulled off uh, this movie, and he certainly does. It's got to be one of the best things he ever did. Yeah. It's a good one. It's a, it's a good one. And, uh, well, thanks, John. Let's all give it 10 now, so oh, we don't want to come down from that. So we're definitely... It does hold up. I will, I will say that it does hold up. It's, what, 35 years? It, it still holds up. Yeah, like I said, the only thing, the only knock I have against it is the, is the smooth jazz score. Uh, just sounds like we're, yeah. you know, like we're in a restaurant, yeah. uh, you know, uh, and that is, of course, uh, Dave Grusin, um, which, you know, people have, yeah. you know, I'm sure he has fans. That's just not my style of music. So it just seems, uh, it yeah. seems I, yeah. to me, I just, the score kind of just, I, I can do without the score. But, uh, oh, we forgot to mention the great Terry Gar. Oh, was she ever better in anything? Was, was she ever in a better a better part than this? Young Frankenstein. Uh, but, yeah, uh, Young Frankenstein. Yeah, John. But and, okay. you know, we'll, she... We'll forgive um, me, John. She improvised some of her dialogue. That, that first time she lays into him, when she finds out he's been lying to her, a lot of that was improvised. And uh, I like it's just so great they left it in. I like what she says. I'm responsible for my own orgasm. <laughs> That's her line. That's her line. And they said, "My," they said, "My God, only a, you know, we couldn't have written a better line." <laughs> it just shows you that she's funny too, and that she's always she's that reliable. She's a reliable actress, Terry Gard, no matter what you, you put her in yeah. Close Encounters, you put her in Frankenstein, you put her in, you know, Mr. Mom, which we're not going to get to, but she's fantastic in that too. Um, yeah. She's she always great and always solid. good. And we, and we were all in love with her. I didn't know anybody who was not like in love with Terry Gard. Oh. This was also when she was on Letterman, like every other month she was on Letterman flirting with him and, oh, yeah, and yeah. Uh, just popping off with crazy dialogue. So she was the greatest. I'll tell you. Uh, yeah, I, I do. I do have a. I do have a soft spot in my heart for Terry Gar. Terry Gar and Madeline Kahn, and of course they're both in uh, Young Frankenstein. But two, there you uh, go. Two, there two. Go. Any anything they're they're in, it, you know, they're automatically good. So it's always yeah. great to see them. Uh, well, thanks, John. Uh, let's move over to my man, our, the resident comedy expert. If anybody here loves his comedies, um, is he good at ranking them? No, but he loves them, and his name is uh, Handsome Dan Handsome. On Twitter, but we know him. Wow! <laughs> See, look at that comedy gold. Uh, we know him as uh, Jake. Jake, what did you think of this movie? First of all, say the name, Jake. Say what? Handsome Dan Handsome? No, no, no. Say the name of the movie. Say the name of the movie, Tootsie. What is it? Tootsie. Do you also say treasure? Yeah, treasure. <laughs> You, you have that treasure. I need treasure. Ain't that just a beautiful treasure? Buried treasure. Say Washington. Uh, Buried treasure. What were the name of the giant lizard-like creatures that lived millions of years ago, Jake? Dinosaurs. Jake, what did you have? Dinosaur. What? What is that? Really bad Swedish. You have dinosaur. <laughs> no. like what? Uh, why? Why is someone asking you have a dinosaur? 
<laughs> Bro, why not? You have a dinosaur. <laughs> Just do you have a dinosaur? I don't know why that you strikes us. Yes, someone coming into, uh, walking into your store and asking for crafts. You have a dinosaur. Um, oh, you you have the glitters. This, uh, uh, Jake, tell it. T- give us your thoughts on Tootsie. 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 Yeah, no, Tootsie. <laughs> no, I thought it. Was, I thought it was really funny. Um, acting was fantastic. Uh, what's the what's the lead actor's name? I Dustin Hoffman. Dustin Hoffman. Dustin. Dustin was his name. Dustin Hoffman. I thought he was absolutely perfect for the role. Yeah, he seems like such a pain in the ass to deal with on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. But I, yeah, I'd be hard pressed to find anybody who could pull that off as well as he did. Yeah, in that role because it's such a delicate, it's such a difficult role to play, and make it seem believable or make it feel, you know, yeah, make it feel believable. You know, it's almost like we, what we saw in. Uh... Some like it hot, where you had to, yeah, you, they had to, you had to pull it off a certain way, and it has to be done a certain way, or it doesn't, it just doesn't work. And he was the opposite of what they did in Some Like It Hot. He, you know, where they were kind of just a little bit more outrageous. He pulls it in and really plays Dorothy as a really, you know, three dimensional woman, kind of. And so he's actually, mm-hmm. you see him acting as himself, and then you see him acting as Dorothy. And uh, it's really kind of it's really kind of amazing to watch that performance. Yeah, and you know, about halfway through the movie, he—I mean—he like starts believing that Dorothy's this real person. He's like, "No, Dorothy wouldn't do that. Dorothy, you know, this is—that's not what Dorothy would wear." Oh yeah, she becomes real for him. For so sure. he's yeah. So he yeah, he treats her like a real person. Which he's the consummate right. method actor. Oh yeah, yeah. Even the tomato. <laughs> Even the tomato. He played God the best. Goddamn tomato could, wants to sit down. He could act circles around those other tomatoes. I love it. So, Jake, did this? Did any of this? Like, what? What dated this for you? Or did anything? Or did it seem fine to you? Were you thinking about what year it was? Or. I mean, I mean, just the. Uh, I mean, the costumes and everything definitely was eighties, but. Other than that, the story itself, I think, holds up really well. Yeah. Yeah, I'm always curious to see what you guys I mean, think about, like, the, the, the setting and everything. Does that, is that distracting for you? Because, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, that's the world. That's what, really. the, that's what the world looked like when I was a kid, you know? So, to me, it's like, I kind of Big go, ones. oh, like, I go, oh, yeah, this is what it reminds me. It puts me in a place, in my headspace. I'm like, oh, I'm like, I would have been, like, this old and, you know, but after a while, if the story takes over and everything, then I'm not I'm not really paying that much attention to that anymore. You know, right. uh, yeah. Human nature doesn't change. Yeah, that's right. Uh, did you have a favorite among the cast, Jake? Aside from Dustin Hoffman, it, it was it was Dustin Hoffman. But um, if oh god, I think it was it was pretty much Dustin Hoffman as Dorothy because it was just. It was so funny just to see him just put everyone in their place. Yes. And be this kind of like overbearing matronly kind of a character. Uh, yeah. I love it. It was nice though. Cause like he didn't play her as weak though. Like, you know, he, he portrayed a strong woman, 
but in a way that was wasn't offensive in what the original role was going for when that guy was trying to cast him. That was what was really nice. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, let's see. Well, let's let's continue right here with our thoughts. Uh, thank you, Jake. And we're going to go over to my man Patrick over here. And uh, hi, hi, hi. Also has a beard. Uh, yes, but, I do. Oh, I heard just heard myself. There. That was weird. Uh, what um, <laughs> What do you think there, uh, Patrick? What did you think of Tootsie? Um, I really was surprised by this movie. I wasn't sure, like, because I had seen the poster before. And so I kind of knew that it had something to do with Dustin Hoffman and drag. Mm-hmm. Um, so walking into it, I was just like, I don't know what I'm watching. So I'm kind of curious what's going to happen. Um, this movie was fantastic. Uh, he does such a wonderful job of portraying a real human being, not, not someone who you could see as not existing. Like this person is real, both the actual character and Dorothy. Like she felt, real she felt like an actual person and it it really it worked for me like i thought it was really well done um the 80s being in the 80s really didn't bother me it didn't have like that overbearing feel of like oh yeah cool it's the 80s um because the story was so strong Mm -hmm. Um, and also you're you're, a little you're dealing with more more of an adult story so there's much less about like you know like the way everybody looks or the fashion everything it's just like this is just like a slice of life movie yeah, that happens I to, like that a lot I yeah was, I, I was worried at first it was going to be a little missed out fiery and i was like okay cool it's a comedy it's gonna be ridiculous um but it was really nice to see that this actually had content it had story and it had emotional impact and meaning and i thought that was really cool I, I i thoroughly enjoyed this film uh and i i was really worried about bill murray when i first saw him i was like oh he's gonna steal the show um and while he does steal the scenes it's not typical bill murray and i really like that it, it it was nice to see that he has a lot of range and he can do that sort of role and it was really cool what i want is 90 people coming in out of a rainstorm <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> mm. i love when he's just doing that through the whole party like doesn't move he's in that one spot just sits there and he's talking about the acting and everything but yeah you're right and uh you're you're right Patrick in that he does imbue Dorothy with her own personality and her yeah, own. That was really cool. And it is kind of a moral dilemma. It becomes a moral dilemma because he really likes this girl, obviously. And how do you undo? And I love Sydney, by the way, the, the his agent is the director. Sydney Pollock is the director mm-hmm. of the movie playing his agent. And I love that scene where he's like, look, it's not just you. It's me. They're going to kill me. Like, you got to think yeah, about yeah. me, too. Um, but, yeah, it becomes like a God, moral. He was, he was so good. He was so good as the agent, you know, really yeah. good comedy chops. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, for, we're, let's not forget uh, Charles Durning, one of my all-time favorite character actors, uh, who we're yeah. going to see more of when we get into the Coen Brothers stuff. But uh, as Julia's dad is fantastic. And yeah. you you feel so bad for him because it's a little bit of it's a little bit there's a little bit Poor more guy. of a that, that's a little bit more of a farce right there when he's doing the whole thing and uh, but that whole scene where you know I always think of that scene where he's he's like oh why don't you stay up and talk with me and you know he's kind of giving you his view of like why women and 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 men should be separate and you know his his uh, his his ideas are a little outdated but here he is pouring himself out to who he thinks is this woman. You know, obviously, and you're just like, oh, he's this trying. Po- yeah, this poor guy. <laughs> like, you're just like, wow, he's I, for him. This is really laying it out on the line, you know. And uh, I thought the um, 
the uh, end scene with him at the bar was beautiful because, like, they handled that really well as far as, like, it could have gone really poorly. And just the way they did it, like, how they still have a relationship and it's intact and they have an understanding between each other. Yeah. That was really nice. Like, I, I, I appreciated that it wasn't just like, oh, like, I hate you now. You're a horrible human being. It was like, oh, I understand why you did it. You know, and, you know, you weren't such a bad person. Like, that was kind of a, a, a character growth for that guy in itself. Yeah. Uh, Justine. What, what, you th- what did you? How do you pronounce the name of this movie, first of all, Justine? Tootsie. Oh, God, I love you. All right. What, what did you think, young lady? I liked it. I read all the trivia on it. Oh, that's a good sign. So you know she liked it. Give us your trivia. Yep. You want to know trivia? Yes, of course. Oh, I'll all of it. All of it. I'll tell you. <laughs> tell, me now. tell me more. Tell me more. So the director told the actors and actresses to approach the characters as dramatic characters and not comedic characters. Oh. Yeah. I thought um, that. That way they took everything more seriously because he didn't want it to be a comedy because he was trying to let out. Like, uh, um, put out a message out there. The other thing I read was that Gina Davis took him, Dustin Hoffman, as her mentor. Um, and he was giving her suggestions on, like, um, how to deal with other actors that try to sleep with her. And <laughs> he gave her a line. Hold on. It's pretty funny. Hold on. Hold on. Wait. Because she gave this line to um, Jack Nicholson when he started hitting on her. (laughs) So when he started hitting on her, she said, I would love to, but I'm afraid it would ruin the on-screen sexual tension between us. Oh. (laughs) Which his response and Jack Nicholson's response was, oh, my God, where'd you get that? What a line. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) So Jimmy told that story to Jimmy Kimmel on his show about Dustin Hoffman. Oh my god, fantastic! That's pretty. She said that in 2014. Oh Um, god, yeah, and she was. I guess they were saying like it was one of her first few movies, so she didn't realize that she only had to be there for her scenes. So she was there every day, and that's why Dustin Hoffman started mentoring her. Oh, that's cool. It's cool. Yeah. Um, Also. I guess previous movies for Dustin Hoffman, a lot of women had issues with him on how he treated them. And during this film, all the ladies on the film loved him. They said he was respectful, but I guess previous films, there's some issues with him. Hmm. Um, Hmm. He also admitted that after the filming, he went home and cried to his wife saying that he had some of his own sexual, um, not sexual, um, what am I trying to say? Sex, sexism. <laughs> oh, okay. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I understand sure. what you're trying to say. What is that? <laughs> like losing it, guys. Sexist. Sexist views on women. He had his own sexist views on women. So playing this movie, he realized all of that too. Wow. So it changed him. This changed Dustin Hoffman. Also, the movie he did before this, Kramer versus Kramer. When he worked with um, Meryl Streep, she had issues with him, 
but she also was the one that helped him uh, train to make the Dorothy character. Correct. Oh, okay. that's cool. Interesting. Yeah. So she helped him out with that. Um, also, he had he wasn't supposed to have a southern accent, but it was the only way to give him a higher pitched voice. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. And they said in the beginning takes, those were all real life situations that happened to Dustin Hoffman when he was um, being denied parts. <laughs> oh, cool. That's pretty great. That's great. I love that. You're too tall. You're too short. We want somebody else, all right? I'll be someone different. <laughs> I can be different. I can be different. Um, when he auditioned for it, he only wanted the part if he was believable looking like a woman instead of a guy looking like he was in drag. Yeah, it, it's very realistic. Like I said, it's like someone like it hot if you took it to a, to another level of reality. You know, instead of being broad, they play it really low. Um, but you did like it, Justine. You really you you dug it. It sounds like because you rarely check the trivia. Is is it the movie you were expecting? Um, I mean, it was a good movie. Patrick saw it all as like predictable. <laughs> Patrick, there is- were things in there like I didn't see. The song, I think they overplayed it. And I knew I knew yeah. the song. I started singing along to the song. And I know the song because there's this Filipino boy band group from like the 90s that used to sing this song. And I knew it pretty well. Wow. Oh, yeah. It's, a, like, very, no. it's a very well-known like, song. I know this song. Huh? It's a very well-known song. People forget it's yeah, from this like, movie. I know this song, but I don't know that version that was being sung in the movie. Yeah. So I only knew it from that band, but... Um, Oh, also, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, whenever the crew had some bad news for um, Dustin Hoffman, they did it while he was dressed like a woman because they said he was more pleasant. (laughs) 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 That is hilarious. He was much nicer as a woman. Um, I did like the movie. I liked everything it stood for. That was great. Um. Yeah, and I've never seen Jessica. I don't know how to say her last name. Jessica Lang. Lange? There's an E. Jessica, Jessica Lang. She's okay. on American Horror Story, though. Yeah, I know. That's how I know her. I don't know her as young. <laughs> so, what did you think when you saw her on. It was weird. And I was trying to figure out her accent. I told Patrick it kind of reminded me of Audrey Hepburn's accent as an American. I don't know where hers is from, but it was interesting. Oh, she's, uh, she's American. She is 100% American. I don't American. know where the accent is from, though. She's from, like, South... Where is she from, John? Like, south, somewhere in the Carolinas. I have no idea. Google no it. idea where she's from. I'm Googling she it. Was, um, she was married to uh, Sam Shepard for a long time. Oh, that's right. That's right. She's from Minnesota. Um, oh, yeah? Which makes a lot of sense. Uh, let me see who she... Yeah, Minnesota. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I liked it. I thought it was entertaining. Um, it reminded me of Mrs. Doubtfire, which obviously came years later. Mm-hmm. And then I also got the Some Like It Hot in there, too. Mm-hmm. Um, Bill Murray's performance was great as not Bill Murray. Yep. <laughs> um, 
Dustin Hoffman asked Bill Murray to play the part, but the director didn't want it, want him. Wow. Um, when the director played the agent, because they kept arguing, he was like, no, you'd be great for this. You have great timing. It'd be great. Um, after the film, they just got into so many fights that they were going to be in the film Rain Man together. And I believe he dropped out. Who was that? They've had issues. Bill Murray? No, the director. Oh, Sidney Pollack. Sidney Pollack. But they had so many arguments. I think he started out as a, as an actor. I mean, way back. That's how he got in the business. Kind of like Ilya Kazan. I think he started as an actor and then worked his way up to director. Yeah. So Justin Hoffman was trying to convince him to play the agent. He didn't want to. Then Justin Hoffman's agent spoke to him. And then he said, okay, after the agent spoke to that. Wow. But it caused a, it caused a big rift between the two of them because of their arguments they kept having while they were on set. Hmm. That's too bad hmm. because he's he's so wonderful as the agent. But yeah, he's I guess part of the, part of the reason he's wonderful is because he really sounds like somebody who's pissed off at Dustin Hoffman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that might be it. That probably wasn't accurate. All right, let's rank this sucker, guys. Tootsie, nineteen eighty two. I sprinkle. Well, I sprinkle all my. I sprinkle it in throughout. I, that's kind of what I've been doing throughout with these. Is I just You're a chef. yeah, I sprinkle my own. You my sprinkle own it thing. in. I like it. It's a good. Mo- it's a great movie. Great performance by Dustin Hoffman. A lot of great character actors. Like I said, uh, everybody's good. Uh, and uh, I always like movies where there's a show within a show or a show within a movie. And the one thing that made me laugh was how cheap the. Uh, it looked for the like the dressing rooms for the soap opera and everything, but mm-hmm. it's but it's, it's a New York soap opera. That's exactly how it would be. They're just cranking these things out. So yeah, yeah. You know, not a lot of money, and um, I love it. I, I love the resolution because you're like, how is he going to get out of this? And of course, being an actor, he takes the opportunity when it's live <laughs> to you know. I always thought that was a great way to resolve that whole situation. It was yeah. really well written. Yeah, and uh, you know, it's like John said, Larry Gelbart. You can't go wrong. The guy created MASH, and uh, he knows how to write comedy. And so much so much of this comedy comes from the – this is almost like a sitcom because so much of the comedy comes from the situation. And there's just all kinds of great lines, like, you know, just the way Dustin Hoffman, when when the other when his co-star starts singing out in the street, and he's like, Jesus. Like, just the way, you know, he's reacting to that kind of stuff uh, is, just, is just a lot of fun. So it's fun to see Dustin Hoffman you – know- one thing that everybody just laughed their head off at the very end when he's walking through the park and he sees that terrible mime and he just walks over <laughs> and pushes him over. I yeah. thought that was great. <laughs> because he's just been through, you know, he's just been through this hellacious couple of months and he looks over there and there's somebody who's not even very good. And he just walks over and pushes him down. <laughs> I love it. Poor mime. Let's oh, uh, and also mm-hmm. he... Um, Kept sending red roses every day to Pollock, saying, "Please be my agent." Love, Dorothy. That's so weird. <laughs> um, John, let's rank it. It's a ten. It's a perfect comedy. It's got something to say, but it's always it's always great. It's always funny. All those actors. It's some of their best work. I don't see how this could not get a ten. Uh, Justine. Um, I'll give it an eight. Patrick, uh, this surprised me. I'm gonna give it a nine. Jake, I'll give it an eight 
Yeah, I'll give it an eight. I'm going to go eight as well. Eight as well. How about that, John? Sorry we didn't go with you, but I love you. Hey, those those are all high scores, you know. Well, let's go on to our next movie, 1984. This is a huge hit. Uh, this is, I think, the first rated R movie my parents ever took me to. Believe it or not, my dad was. Wow. My dad was a huge Eddie Murphy fan, and uh, let's talk about it. Uh, Patrick, give us the breakdown on. All right, 1984 received a 7.39 DB. 82% on Rotten Tomato, directed uh, by Martin Brest, uh, released December 1st, 1984, with a whopping budget of $14 million, uh, worldwide gross cumulative, $316,360,000. Wow. This was a massive movie. This um, movie destroyed. It did. It was huge at the time it came out. And uh, like I said, this is Eddie Murphy's real solo, first solo vehicle. Uh, uh, and this just made him a star. And and for those of you that grew up with him, only knowing him from like the Daddy Daycare and Dr. Doolittle movies, um, when you would hear the rest of us bitch about not having, like what happened to Eddie Murphy, like, you know, this, this is a prime example of what he was like. Uh, he had just come off of doing the Delirious tour, and that was a huge hit on HBO. It was a huge record. We all knew. Um, we were we were repeating that stuff in, like, eighth grade, uh, all of the, the bits from that. Um, as, you know, the, like John's generation would, would uh, listen to Red Fox records, we were watching Eddie Murphy HBO specials. So, um, you know, it was kind of like that taboo, like, oh, man, he's so raw, so dirty. But uh, he was, you know, always funny, and then we'd see him on Saturday Night Live doing "I'm Gumby, damn it!" So uh, I was pumped to see this movie. Uh, I laughed my ass off, and I, I for me, for my money, I was pleasantly just surprised at how well it held up most of it. So let's talk about it, Justine. Let's go in reverse order. What did you think? Oh, of Beverly Hills Cop. Um, I always love Eddie Murphy. I don't yeah, I mean, I don't expect anything bad out of him except maybe Haunted Mansion and shit. Um, maybe there are other Shrek movies, but no, I've I've always been a fan of his. I like all his movies. Um, Beverly Hills Cop. I was trying to remember what other movie he did that had it with the Ferris wheel, and I still don't know which one that. Oh, it's, one that's is. Beverly Hills Cop three. Oh, got it. It's so cheesy, but that one I have a little bit. I just remember that one a little bit more than all the other ones. So that one was shot at Magic Mountain, just like oh. Vacation. I think because I've seen that one a lot more than I've seen the other ones before mm-hmm. this. So but, that one is a more popular one in my life than the others. But it's also not the best ones. Why me, do you always like the weird things? Like you never like the ones you're supposed to like. Like you because don't it like. Came out when my mind was like understanding things, you, and I can comprehend it. <laughs> you don't like Toy Story two. You These like are what Beverly came Hills Cop three the best, and was on TV all the time. <laughs> Welcome to my world, guys. <laughs> Patrick, what did you think, my man? Um, Beverly Hills Cop. I love this movie. Uh, it is so much fun and. He's such a good lead in this movie, and he's hilarious. It's just, it's it's great. It's nonstop fun. There's not a dull moment, really, and it holds up really well. I didn't really have any issues 
with any scene where it was like, okay, that looks funky. Like it, you know, it's set in the eighties, but it doesn't date it. And it's, it's, it's thoroughly enjoyable. And it's, uh, it's really, you see that, uh, Eddie Murphy is charming. Like he is a charming guy. Like it just, oh, yeah, it comes sure. right off the screen. He's so good. And so, uh, you know, he's, he's got that, like, it's almost like a, you know, he's, he's, he's got, he's hilarious, but he's just so, uh, relax charming when he's relaxed yeah he's so smooth um that you really see you know you you understand why he was a star he's fun to watch yeah Um, for sure yeah he's really fun to watch and he just the lines he throws out there are just so you know so casual he's casually funny it's not like he's not even trying he's not even breaking a sweat and he's just hilarious Mm -hmm. all over the place um, and you know, this is handled, you know, it's, it's got serious undertones, you know, his best friend is killed and, and, you know, he's like, he's like, it's not just like a wacky comedy where it's like, it's like, he's, he's on a mission to, to find out. And, and those scenes he plays, he plays very well too, where he's kind of got to be, you know, this was, um, this was originally supposed to be a Sylvester Stallone action movie. And oh. it was at the very last minute that they switched over to Eddie Murphy. Wow. I didn't know that. Do you believe that? Would not have been this. They had to rewrite it, of course. They had to do a, a total script retool. But this was originally going to be a Sylvester Stallone movie. It would not have been the same movie. No. Not at all. Hold on. I mean, it's got the that humor, action movie vibe, you know. The humor is what makes this movie for sure. Yes, for sure. Because so otherwise, like it's just another action movie. Yeah. Yeah, and even they even limit that. You know, they, they really don't go overboard on the action. Uh, you know, Mm-mm. there's a little bit of a thing at the end, but really, it's really less of a, you know, it's really more of, like, a, of a vehicle for Eddie Murphy. And uh, they did kind of seem like uh, stormtroopers, though, because he shot once and then shot the guy, and the guy's like using a machine gun. Well, those recoil. Well, he hates machine guns. Yeah. yeah. Oh, by the way, Judge Reinhold, great in this, fantastic as Billy. Hell yeah! Yeah, yeah. Really, really good. Uh, Jake, what'd you yeah. think, my man? Um, the only thing I don't really like is, and this is just in general, just Eddie Murphy's laugh. Wow. Mildly, ir- wow. mildly irritates me. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Everybody wait a minute. loves his laugh. So first of all. Absolutely nothing to do with the movie. But. First of all, that's that that was his trademark. Everybody loved Eddie Murphy's mouth. Yeah. Laugh. And yeah, like, that's, that's second of all, you though. like Jim Carrey. You you like Jim yeah. Carrey, so yeah. I'm gonna need you to step off on Eddie Murphy's laugh. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna need you to. I'm gonna need you to go fuck yourself. <laughs> I'm just saying. That's, that's, that what? That's my opinion. Okay. No, that, that's opinion. no. That's what made him my wrong opinion. That's what it's made my him, wrong opinion. So made him a star. Your opinion. Your opinion is wrong. Thank you. Uh, Mario, can you edit his opinion? Yeah, I can. <laughs> what did you th- Thank you. What did you think of the movie though, Sunshine? The, the movie was well, the movie was great. Hmm. Got a little bit of yeah, action, right? Right. little ro- little romance, not really, but a little romance. There was Got no a romance. Bit. A little There's bit. No romance in this. That's why it's great. It's Eddie Murphy being suave as hell the whole time. That's literally just his friend, and that's all she is in this movie. That's why it's yeah, great. Like, I know. You don't have to worry about some stupid love story. What about it's just action-packed nonsense? It's just him. It's him being He's seducing the audience. He's yes. seducing the that's audience right. is what it is. What about Surge? 
<laughs> Surge. <laughs> and Bronson Pinchot. What, Billy? It was Billy with Billy. Uh, yeah, Judge Reinhold. The private. Great. Love it. Love him. Yeah. Best, I even like uh, best supporting character. I even like Ronnie Cox. I like that he's he's a kind of an asshole lieutenant, but he's still trying to do what he can to help out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He's a that good cop. Really cool to he's, me. he's a good cop, and he's you know he's going to help mm-hmm. out. Uh, yeah, they really do. Um, they they really do the. They did a good job with this one, and uh, you know the sequels are it's kind of diminishing returns, but it, this movie is he's fantastic. And it's like it's, most movies. It's great to watch. It's great to watch him um, just be Eddie Murphy. Um, Philip, what's with all the gun? Philip, that always makes me laugh. Phil uh, at the strip club. I'm going to take you guys to this club. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many just funny situations. It makes me laugh. I love it. John, what do you think of this one? Oh yeah, this is this has got to be the best Eddie Murphy movie out of the bunch. You know, and he was really on a roll because he had 48 hours trading places. He had the delirious movie. And now this, this was like, you know, that's like, you know, talk about being on a roll. You know? Yeah. And then we get the I don't golden think he was child. Um, yeah. The golden child came after this. I think that might've been, I think that still made a lot of money. It just wasn't everyone's favorite movie. You talk oh, to people it. today. That's, that's nobody's favorite, a Murphy movie, but it made a lot of money. <laughs> But uh, I think after that he did Coming to America, so I think you got like five in a row that are just solid, you know. Beautiful. So it's true. Some people that just yeah, if people just know him from the Nutty Professor, you have to say, well, go back to the early eighties if you want to see a guy who's just on fire, you know, just see somebody who just can uh, can do no wrong comedically. <laughs> and this is it, and this is probably the peak Eddie Murphy movie. That's it. You had yeah. to send one in the time capsule. This would be the one. You're absolutely oh, yeah, right. For sure. You are absolutely right, Mike. Did you, uh, Mario? Did you see this in the theater? I did. My dad took me, and I think uh-huh. I was twelve. And my dad was really like, I remember my dad being kind of embarrassed when he goes into the strip club, and uh, <laughs> uh, you know, my dad was like, uh, you know, and I think my dad, you know, my dad was like very, uh, you know, he's he was very. He was a conservative guy, and so he didn't really like all the swearing and stuff. But he, I mean, he, I mean, my dad, lo- he, he couldn't help himself. He still loved it. I think it was more my dad didn't yeah. mind the swearing for himself. He didn't want me, you know, ex- hearing the swearing. But it's like I heard it from my mom all the time, you know. So it wasn't like it wasn't like it was. It wasn't like I hadn't heard any of these words, you know, and having older brothers. So for me, I mean, I just laugh. I remember just laughing my ass off you know and by this time my brothers are already take you know my older brother had already taken me to see a vacation and stuff like that so it wasn't like i hadn't seen this kind of movie before and like i said we had we had the bootlegs of the of the hbo special yeah. you know somebody somebody had held up somebody at my school had held that up to like they recorded it off of the speaker off of the tv and i had a copy yeah. of that and we would just do the yeah. We would do the, you know, the Eddie Murphy doing uh, Jackie Gleason. Hey, Norton, come here, Norton. You know, or doing, hey, Fred, <laughs> I want you to come down here. You know, or doing the Elvis. We got to win this race. We got to win this race. You know, we used to do all that, and we we, we could do yeah. it verbatim. You know, so Eddie yeah. Murphy was kind yeah, of a comedy phenomenon back then. You know, it's true. Everybody memorized that entire special, which is funny when he did that second. Uh, concert movie raw he just said yeah i know everybody out there's been doing my my routine and they've been doing it wrong <laughs> <laughs> they always get it all wrong 
Uh, my favorite was when uh, my favorite was when he said he would get into cabs. It's in Raw when he says when he would say he'd get into cabs and be like Eddie Murphy, the fuck you, man, right? Fuck you, Eddie. <laughs> Uh, so great! Yeah, he was a great, so many great impressions. You know? uh, he could really nail those impressions. Well, he just was—he was—you knew—he was a comedy fan himself. You know, yeah, you, you could yeah, tell from what he yeah. was talking about. He loved comedy himself, and that really, yeah. you know. But uh, yeah, let, let's rank this one. It's—I was, you know, I didn't watch this movie in probably a good ten or fifteen years, and boy, I was laughing out loud at some of the stuff. So let's rank it, guys. Uh, Justine, eight. All right, Patrick. Uh, it's another nine for me. Wow, Jake. Give it seven and a half. Because of the laugh, you son of a bitch. Because it would have got an eight without the laugh. Wow. Now you know how I feel about someone's teeth, huh? <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. And uh, John Sandy. I uh, give it an eight. Yeah, this is a solid eight for me. A solid eight for me. Yeah, good stuff. Good mix of uh, action. And Martin Brest uh, does some. You know, he's an interesting director. Martin Brest. We're gonna we're gonna see some more of his work uh, coming up soon. Another really funny action comedy. What else did he do? Uh, he did another one called Midnight Run that we're gonna be looking at. Oh so, yeah. wow, good. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, guys, what a great show today! I'm glad you really liked the movies uh, this week. Uh, for next week, this was a great week. This was a perfect palate cleanser after last week. Oh well, we're gonna go right. We're gonna dip. We're gonna dip right back into uh, some. You're gonna need some palate cleansing after what we're about to see, but you're gonna love it. Next week, it's gonna be an all SCTV week, guys. Get excited, SCTV. If you don't familiar with it, look up some clips on YouTube. We're gonna be watching a. A classic from 1983 called Strange Brew. Strange Brew, starring Bob and Doug McKenzie. You know them better as Dave Thomas and Rick Moranis. But uh, the McKenzie brothers. The McKenzie brothers. Uh, And then we are going to watch... Max Von Sydow, who you know better as Death. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. And Max Von Sydow as Brewmeister. And then we're going to watch a little, uh, a, a very, a, a, a little, a uh, little gem, not really, called Armed and Dangerous, uh, John Candy Vehicle. We're going to go all SCTV next week. John Candy, Eugene Levy, with uh, a, a, a surprise from, from a surprise visit from uh, the future America's sweetheart. We're not going to mention any names, but you'll see her pop up in there. And uh, did you say a few surprises? And a few surprises. Yep, that's mm-hmm. it, guys. What a great show! Thanks for joining us this mm-hmm. week, everybody. Uh, as we always say, of course, we are still out here fighting the power. So please continue to do so. But wear a mask if you would. And uh, for John, for Jake, for Justine, for Patrick, and for Jake, we say. This transmission ends now. Fight the power. <laughs>